Are there certain foods that you eat on special occasions? Maybe you trot out that dessert from your grandma at big celebrations or your uncle finally shared his chicken recipe for family dinners. The festivities around Lunar New Year bring some special yummy treats. I narrowly missed out on a hot pot lunch at a friend's house this year and I'm still sad about not having those noodles. Our guest today, Lee Tran Lam, is a food writer and the editor of a book called New Voices on Food. Lee Tran, welcome to Life Matters. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. How important is food in Lunar New Year celebrations? Could you, you know, pin a percentage on it? Oh my God, I think it's oh, probably whopping 100% because <laughs> Lunar New Year is all about, you know, feasting and there are customs like the reunion dinner uh, where families join together and they eat together. But a lot of the dishes have symbolism. So you eat long noodles because they're longevity noodles. So if you have long noodles, that's going to spell, you know, a long life. Or you might have, for instance, I think prawns because they sound like the Cantonese word for laughter. That's meant to bring joy. And uh, fish, I think um, the way it sounds, sounds like, I think, surplus. So if you have, uh, if you have fish, uh, particularly steamed fish, that's meant to bring you good fortune. So there's a lot of meaning uh, behind a lot of the dishes. And, you know, you, you're meant to eat desserts or sweet things because that's meant to bring you a sweet year ahead. So it's really a great excuse to pig out. Yeah, well, that's my kind of celebration if it's got lots of focus on sweet things. It sounds like, you know, not just sharing the food, but also some of the dishes take a really long time to prepare. So sharing uh, that preparation time is important too. Is that right? Yeah, so I think uh, dumplings, they represent togetherness. So um, making dumplings together is a significant ritual, but also because their shape, they look like old kinds of Chinese currency. So they're said to bring you uh, good fortune as well. And it sounds like the symbolism, yeah, is, is at least as important as the actual taste or, you know, what's in season or anything like that. Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, I grew up eating spring rolls, and I'm sure you've probably had a few spring rolls in your lifetime Ooh, yeah. as well. But I never really clocked that it was connected to Lunar New Year until just a few years ago, just because we have spring rolls all throughout the year, not just uh, during Lunar New Year, but the name spring rolls, uh, because Lunar New Year happens in the Northern Hemisphere in China and other countries throughout Asia in spring and the spring rolls um, are a reference to the spring festival which is when you celebrate lunar new year and because you know when they're dipped into that sizzling oil they turn that really brilliant shade of gold uh, spring rolls also represent wealth and you know in vietnam where lunar new year is celebrated as tet it is also a popular lunar new year food as well well, Lee Tran Lam, you spoke to a lot of uh, artists, uh, Australian writers and artists about their favourite Lunar New Year dishes. How much variety was there in the answers? Yeah, it's interesting because food is such a big part of Lunar New Year, there was quite a variety of answers. So for the latest issue of Gourmet Traveller, I helped, I guess, edit the Lunar New Year features. And there was one story that we tried to get into the magazine, but unfortunately it didn't fit, so it's gone on the Gourmet Traveller website uh, instead. But I uh, I asked four Asian-Australian artists to share an illustration of a Lunar New Year food that's significant to them and also a story about why 
it uh, really connected to them. So most of the artists actually <laughs> answered uh, with something sweet, which I think I relate to too as someone who has a sweet tooth. And as I mentioned before, um, having something sweet for Lunar New Year is meant to uh, be a good move to bring you a sweet year ahead. So uh, we had one artist, uh, Yelly Tron, who talked about um, jelly that her mum made. Um, another artist, Steffi Yee talked about how her parents uh, would enjoy these platters of these, you know, sweet uh, sliced tropical fruits, which is something that's really wonderful to enjoy in summer. I think she also talked about her dad making these fantastic rich like pork belly and duck dishes too and I, my mouth just started watering immediately. <laughs> We're speaking with Lee Tran Lam who's a food writer and the editor of New Voices on Food and one of the artists that Lee Tran talked to was Shirley Jaw. Shirley, welcome to you. Great to have you with us. Yeah. Hi. Now you drew a beautiful illustration of a confectionery box and correct my pronunciation here, Chun Hup yeah, that's absolutely correct. Oh, my God. Won the lottery. Can you tell us a bit about Chun Hup and why it's special to you? Yeah, awesome. Uh, so when Lee Tran asked me about my favourite uh, Lunar New memory, actually, like, I'm actually quite a savoury tooth, but immediately I drew to a sweet thing. And, you know, as a you know first-generation Chinese-Australian growing up, Lunar New Year has always been a time that I feel, like, most connected to my Chinese her- heritage. And I remember during my childhood, uh, every year when it's the first few days of the Lunar New Year celebration, uh, our uncles, aunts, family, friends would come over to our house and give us these things called red pockets or lacy. And really, like for an Asian kid, it's like, you know, your yearly's worth of uh, pocket money. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what we would do is give them uh, and offer them the confectionery box filled with lots of different traditional Asian sweets. Um, and because growing up in Australia, you also grew up with, you know, Allen's lollies and, uh, you know, the Ferrero Rocher's, we would put that in, into. So, you know, that's a, the tune hub for me is a really, you know, positive memory from my childhood. And there are also some mandarins there. Tell us a little bit about what they represent. Yeah, so the mandarins or uh, like tangerines or oranges or really any kind of round uh, fruits is, uh, I think for Chinese people especially, like roundness really um, speaks to, you know, lucky and good fortune. So that's why there's mandarins and tangerines there. And a lot of the kinds of like foods in during Lunar New Year, they always have like homonyms. So, you know, uh, I think I think the word for uh, orange, chung, is kind of like long by for prosperity. So, you know, we always eat things that sound lucky. That sounds like an excellent uh, life choice to me. Uh, Lee Tran, oh, yeah. how, how easy has it been historically for people to get all the different ingredients that they need to make these really meaningful Lunar New Year dishes in Australia? Yeah, I think obviously nowadays it's a lot easier uh, than it used to be. Um, I think of, um, I did a podcast for the Powerhouse Museum last year called The Culinary Archive and one of the objects in it was um, this machine or this stone tool for making tofu that this uh, woman brought from China because she didn't think she'd be able to make tofu in Australia because her diplomat husband was moving to Australia and she was moving with him in 1937 
And so, yeah, she lagged. Uh, she dragged this, like, stone tofu-making equipment all the way from China. And you think now, today, you know, you can get tofu in the supermarket, any supermarket. You could probably get three kinds of tofu, which I think is symbolic of how much easier it is these days to get these Asian ingredients. And also, I think there's just um, such a lovely acceptance of um, these wine-raging foods, which aren't just Chinese because Lunar New Year is also uh, a Korean celebration. It's Mm. celebrated in Vietnam and Malaysia, Singapore. So it also means the wealth of foods you get to try during this time of year or enjoy is so much wider as well. Yeah, and it's a really busy time in restaurants and Chinatowns around Australia as well as the other parts of the world. As a food writer, Lee Tran, what have you seen happening to those family-run Asian restaurants over the last few years? Because I know there was quite a backlash in some areas uh, against Chinese-run businesses early on in the pandemic. What's been playing out in restaurant world there? Yeah, that was really unfortunate that in the very early days of the pandemic, um, you know, Chinatowns got abandoned and some very um, beloved Chinese restaurant institutions had to close because they had such a drop in patronage uh, from a, I guess, unfounded fear that somehow by going out to eat dumplings in Chinatown, somehow you would get COVID, which is not the case. That's not how, you know, COVID is spread. Mm. But Uh, I think this is something maybe Shirley could uh, elaborate on. We've also seen a real uh, resurgence in these, um, you know, Asian eating precincts and helped by organisations like Soul of Chinatown, which I know Shirley has, uh, you know, been a great participant in. So maybe she might be able to, you know, step in and talk a bit more about her involvement there if she's happy to do that. Yeah, well, Shirley Jaw, you you illustrated some postcards for this Soul of Chinatown campaign. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So about about this time last year, so the beginning of 2022, and this is kind of, you know, the the beginnings of coming outside of the pandemic, um, one organisation, a community organisation called Soul of Chinatown, uh, reached out to me to illustrate a set of postcards to really celebrate the uh, Chinatown, Sydney area. And, you know, just for those who haven't, uh, who don't know about Seoul Chinatown, their main mission back then and still today is to bring life back to the Chinatown area, particularly after all, as you mentioned, all of the local businesses and community during COVID suffered. And my series of postcards really celebrate some of those like uh, really iconic establishments that, you know, you often walk past, such as the Chinatown Gates. Uh, you know, I've illustrated the Emperor's Garden Bakery, uh, which a lot of people, you know, line up for, you know, a long time to get their custard puffs. Mm. Um, and some of the more like modern additions too, um, that you might often walk past and not really, you know, see, which is like the Kimberlane uh, art installation and, you know, bars such as Bancho Bar too. So, you know, that was a really awesome way to give back to the community and, you know, solar chime. Chinatown does a lot of really awesome fundraising too through their Rice Fund initiative. Yeah, what's um, that? Yeah, so their Rice Fund initiative is uh, one of their initiatives to help uh, more the disadvantaged elderly Asian Australian community in the Chinatown area. And in 2022 and uh, this year, they've been running fundraising events to provide things like care packages to elderly Australians during uh, Lunar New Year and also last year during Mid-Autumn Festival. 
So, you know, I'm really excited to see what Seoul the Chinatown does this year too, to give back and celebrate the Asian Australian community. Yeah, it must be hard for, for older Asian Australians if Lunar New Year is a time, as you say, you know, as Lee Tran said, of family reunion dinners and things like that to, to be on their own and in need at that time. It sounds like a lovely um, initiative to, to reach out to them. Shirley, you're talking about Chinatown in Sydney, but I'm sure it's much the same for Chinatowns um, in Melbourne and other cities. What does it mean to you? Why is it important to you that particular precinct yeah so you know i am a first generation aged like chinese australian person um my parents you know came and immigrated from china in the 80s and i think you know even when i did the postcards connecting with a lot of people and uh you know you talk to them and they have such a sense of nostalgia and connection to the community there because it's either their parents you know made their first start which is i guess for my case, my parents really, you know, they kind of met in Chinatown. So, um, and, you know, my dad started working in Chinatown as one of his first jobs in when he first arrived in Sydney. Um, so I think the area, like, you know, I think the accumulation of food and the kind of restaurants, the, you know, the grocery stores, it brings a lot of memories to a lot of people. And it's like a very intergenerational thing too. Definitely. Shirley, just as we finish up, I know that there's been a lot of uh, food-based celebrations at your house. Is there any room in your tummy left as we near the end of the the Lunar New Year celebrations? So, yeah. So, you know, like Chinese New Year in specifically goes for like 15 days. So, um, you know, I'm not the expert in all the things you do in the 15 days, but, you know, over the last two weeks, there's definitely been a lot of banquets and like on the weekend, like the seventh day of Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year is called People's Day, which is essentially everybody's birthday. So we had a lot of cake plus all the, you know, the fish, the pork, the vegetables, um, the sweets too. Yeah, this is my kind of celebration. I think it should go all yeah. year, just periodically. <laughs> Lee Tran, Lam, what, ab- <laughs> what about you? Do you have a favourite dish this Lunar New Year? Uh, I'm a big fan of particularly during summer having like cold noodles and given the significance of having like particularly long noodles uh, as, you know, as they're meant to spell longevity in your life. Hopefully, you know, that proves true. If I just keep slurping really long (laughs) noodles, I'll get to like expand, you know. My lifespan, so I hope that actually proves to be, you know, scientifically true. Yeah, well, and also you're, you're expanding your joy in life because slurping is so much fun. Look, thank it you is. both so much for, for joining us on Life Matters today and just telling uh, everyone about some of these fantastic foods. I hope it spurs a rush of people off to purchase duck and pork belly and veggies and tofu and rice and noodles. Lee Tran Lam, Shirley Shaw, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, Hilary. Pleasure. Lee Tran Lam's editor of New Voices on Food. As you heard too, she does a podcast called The Culinary Archive. And Shirley Jaw is an artist. You can find her on Instagram. One in four people around the world celebrate Lunar New Year. It is big. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.